0: Okay, uh, let's get it rolling here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Classic Nintendo Podcast, starring two fanboys. Uh, This is Aaron, and I'm here with my co-host, Brandon, at the Best Games of All Time podcast. And what we're doing tonight is something different, uh, primarily on account of me Taking so long to finish Hollow Knight. What we've decided to do instead of that is this idea that we just are taking from the show Eggplant. It's another video games podcast. Uh, and what those guys did is they put out an episode where they all ranked a bunch of games and put ratings on them, basically, with the idea of trying to figure out where the intersection of taste lies between the four hosts of that show. And we thought it would be fun to do the same just because it's probably fun for the listeners maybe to find out a little bit more of where we're coming from. Because what we're doing with this list is it's not like necessarily the games that we think are the best. It's more like the games that are just kind of our favorites. And I tried to get a Final Fantasy game on this list, but Brandon doesn't like Final Fantasy enough uh so we found some other ones that we like together and uh so yeah this is just sort of like the intersection of of the games that we like and uh i'm not going to go too much more into the methodology right up front but we're just going to count up from the bottom of on a list of 10 games that we like together basically this is sort of the intersection of our two kind of realms of taste and the first game at Starting at the bottom, number ten is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And, and uh, go ahead, sorry. No,
1: I just like I was just thinking about this game and how it came out of nowhere for me. Like, mm-hmm. at first, I checked it on a demo disc, right? And just like, what? Oh what, yeah, what is this? Like, when I mean, when there were demo discs, or sort a of thing. It probably came in a magazine. You know, oh yeah, GM or something like that. Uh, and then to play to play a game so much off of one, there was one level It probably had like a song or two. So much that it was like, I, that's it. I got to own this game. Like, it was I, like,
0: it was the warehouse level probably, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Where you could like uh, go off the ramp through the like little room above the half pipe yeah. and crash through yeah. the glass. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun one. It's like, to me, it's totally tied up with being a teenager around that time Mm -hmm. and uh, just feeling kind of like rebellious. And I was like a suburban Midwestern teen at the time. And so that felt like doing something edgy was like playing Tony Hawk's pro skater with the kind of fast punk rock music. And I wanted to be a skater at the time. And I, which I still can't do. Yeah. It was just fucking cool skateboarding. And so it was, and it was sort of my first interaction with like skating, like skate culture, and punk. And I still listen to a lot of music that came out of that scene. The soundtrack is banging.
1: Soundtrack is so good, and it, and the, at the same time, it exposed me to so much that I hadn't listened to before. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, like skateboarding was. I think it was, it was very popular before this game this game also represents when it was skateboarding was exploding across all parts of our culture. Right. Mm-hmm. just really getting a lot of notoriety and attention. And part of that was the music. Yeah. Just being something totally, totally different.
0: Yeah. yeah I remember like the song that I remember the most from it is Jerry was a race car driver by Primus, mm-hmm. which I don't really like Primus, but, um, Just had a real feeling of weirdness uh, because I just hadn't, and I didn't like the song really, but it was like cool to have a game where that was the soundtrack. And, uh, you know, it was just, um, it it felt like a new type of game at the time. And I haven't played it since, you know, probably in more than 15 years, probably. Yeah, same. Right, it's been a a long time, but it it I have so much affection for it, and I remember like I remember Game Informer gave Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 a 10, and it was like the first game that they had ever given a 10, and so that was a big deal to me. I like the cool um, NeverSoft logo. You remember the company NeverSoft that what? made it.
1: It's like an eyeball or something, yeah. Like it's like a spike through it or something, exactly. Like
0: that. Yeah, 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 no, just, yeah. It was all of a piece with like you know, seeing Blink 182 on MTV and uh, <laughs> yeah. like wanting to get uh, like an Edney shirt, even though I didn't <laughs> skate, like getting an Edney shirt from like Hot Topic at the mall. Um, oh, man. it's that's right, yeah, yeah, so it's just um very representative of that time and actually in some ways that's not a time that i really prefer to revisit (laughs) in my life but i would sure have a good old time getting down with tony hawks pro skater these days so um yeah it's a it's a great game that reminds me of the cool parts of being a teenager i think
1: yeah i think that's a good it's a good like summation of it is like a nice little nostalgia package and then also something that's just stand out like like you said it got a got a 10 when they weren't doing that so it stood out even even at the time on its own Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah
0: yeah and we're limiting these discussions to five minutes per game did we explode we have 20 seconds left so i'm gonna Let's read it. I'm going to reset the timer and now we're on to the next one. Uh, the next game is Mario 64. Duh. So you said something about you like saw a commercial for it and you hated the commercial, right? No.
1: Did I? No, I loved the commercial.
0: You loved the commercial. The commercial,
1: oh. yeah, like it. I saw it and I was just like, this is it. Like, I have to. Okay. I have to. Oh, oh, no. I, 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 a horrible memory. My memory is horrible. Not a horrible memory. But you still the
0: remember the commercial. Yeah.
1: But I still remember, like, I nice. remember it vividly. And, mm-hmm. like, my memory today as a human adult is garbage. But I, for some reason, could, like, recreate that commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was just, like, you know, 3D Mario flying around and, it was just that moment in, in gaming history of like, here we go to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't just hype. It delivered on amazing, you know, and being true to Mario and everything, so.
0: It's still really good. I mean, I didn't have it at the time. I just played it at friend's houses mm-hmm. and, uh, I remember thinking it was cool, but then I somehow I had Ocarina of Time and played the heck out of that, but I didn't have Mario 64. I do not understand.
1: It's bizarre,
0: Yeah, it's it's a very weird uh, case. But I think I I played it with my son a few years ago, and I didn't finish it. I got maybe like three quarters of the way through. Um, But I think the action just feels perfect like it nails the the slippery mario feeling in Mm -hmm. but in 3d and i think the way it does it is really cool it's like like people complain about the camera i think sometimes justifiably um i think it's really great for being like a camera that was one of the first of its kind but but what we say on the show is like, well, that doesn't make it a great game, but I think what it does do is it has, it sort of uh, like allows Mario to have the Mario feeling in 3d, because sometimes the camera is like side on. Sometimes it is like, you know, three quarters view behind you Mm -hmm. and you still have to make the same jumps. And so there's, The element of unknown, of like uncertainty, of you're having to judge the distance, and like the camera is from a different angle this time, so like I'm not quite sure my depth perception is right, and so you're you're doing these jumps with an element of uncertainty that I think is like a way of capturing that feeling 2D Mario had, but in 3D, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it uses the. Their rough early camera, to It's it's benefit. Yeah,
1: they had. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't add to that. That's they understood. They understood the elements of what made the two D one so great, and then how to map that into three D. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I spent so much time on this game. I mean, it's definitely you know, like you said, it's it's a it's a nostalgia bomb because it it doesn't hold up as like best game of all time. But it's easily, you know, best game in my memory, like for for what it did at the time. Uh, And yeah, yeah,
0: I'm kind of jealous that I didn't have that experience with Mario sixty four. Yeah, it. I mean, like, because I can play it now and appreciate it for right it being good and just the huge volume of secret stuff and. And the awesome level design and the graphics that are still really good graphics, which is like rare to say, I feel like about almost any Nintendo 64 game. I think it still looks really good. Even I played it with a 64 connected directly to an HDTV and it looked shitty, but like just because of the <laughs> colors, um, there's the, the way the colors pop. That still translates. They, kept, trans- it clean. For, they kept it clean, right? They didn't, yeah.
1: I mean, whether because they couldn't or they didn't know how or they decided to, they didn't do too much. Um, and that, you know, we've talked about that before. That translates into, in a way, aging into a style that can work for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shut the oh, fuck up. There it is. The timer has descended upon us. Okay, we're on to the next one, baby. <laughs> the next one is. Pixel Junk Monsters. This is this is
1: a weird one for us to have.
0: Yeah. On this list. I feel like I didn't feel like because I'm the one who nominated it, and I didn't feel like it was going to make it at all. Uh, but then Brandon dropped like an A minus on it. Yeah, and yeah, it's. I played the heck out of this. Like, it's one of the few games that I've ever been compelled to like try to hundred percent it uh a rainbow on every level. If you get it perfect on a level it puts a little rainbow mm-hmm. icon it on the overworld. And I just loved it and just played the, the heck out of it. Um you said it, it was shown to you by a weird guy.
1: There was a guy in college um was always like he played he was always playing something different. Like, you know, of course, like, years of war is coming out or mm-hmm. like whatever at the time. Like, yeah, okay, playing Halo. Then I'd come over and he's playing like Viva Pinata, which I never, I didn't get into at the time. Um, but it's awesome. You know, I've played it more recently. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the things, you know, he, this is also early, I think you mentioned like early indie games, right? When like yeah. the console arcades were starting to light up. And he was always into it, like playing all, you know, whatever. Was available there and i saw this what is that right and i, I think mm-hmm. tower defense was happening on the web to a larger degree at the time and mm-hmm. so you could Flash see that games. immediately yeah it, Like it was very clear as tower defense but it looks so weird it's just mm-hmm. like what you know, it, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah the the art style is cool like to me it was the maybe the first indie game i had known of or like i probably played cave story prior to this mm. actually but um like definitely a, a indie game on the console this was the first time right. i had done that what i don't understand and why i'm a little hesitant to have it so high is it like i've never played another tower defense game and that Power defense is notable for being like very addicting, mm. right? And that is sure what I was to this game, addicted to it. And so I do, do I just love the genre or do I really love this game? I don't know. I didn't play yeah. like, Plants vs. Zombies or.
1: Right. Was this your first like shot of heroin or. Yeah. It, or, or just like, is it, is there lightning in a bottle here? Um, um, yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I guess I didn't. It, I didn't think too much on it either because like I said, you know, I wasn't, yeah, there was like flash games and stuff, but tower defense, it was happening, but it wasn't. Anyway, I, I don't know if that's what it was because, yeah, I get addicted to tower defense games. They're great. It, um, was,
0: it was like plants versus zombies was a thing at the time or was it I not? I spent yet? so
1: much time on that. So mm-hmm. much time on I don't know. I don't think I played it until it got to um, Xbox though. So it would have been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that 2009? So it was after Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean like I didn't put any roguelites on the list which I mm-hmm. love. I I did put Slay the Spire on it cuz it's the best, but I think I I mean if we're going by like amount of time I've spent playing games, I should have had more roguelites on the <laughs> list, but I feel yeah. like now that I grasp their mechanics more. It's like they have addicting qualities I feel like that have to do with like opening a treasure chest. Like, ooh, what's gonna be inside? What item and I am I gonna get this time. Um and that's like a core tenant of roguelites. And the more I think about them, I'm like, do I just love that feeling of like not knowing what card I'm gonna get or what item am, I'm gonna get. Right. Um so I'm sort of, like, down on roguelites a little at the moment, and I wonder if I played more tower defense if I would similarly, like, not be so into some of the mechanics in the way that I am with roguelites. So, I don't know. Yeah, is, are they is, even...
1: Are roguelites... Sorry, are tower defense even, like, are making stuff? I'm, I'm sure the answer is yes, but, like, it's not like it was in, you know, 2010s plus or minus. Yeah.
0: It feels like the... It's payday has kind of subsided. Right. A so, little yeah, bit.
1: Maybe, maybe this is like the nostalgia addiction. Like this spot on the list is reserved for whatever the the decades hot, addictive game genre is. Yes. Because I agree. Like I'm just not looking at this list. I, there needs to be some roguelike Oat. representation. Shut the fuck going
0: up. going off. Owned. We're on to the next one. And I gotta pick the timer. Um, yeah, you're right. There does there's no rock lights on the list, and we both like them. So maybe That's a That's We a might mistake. do this again in like a year. Yeah. Um. Anyway. The okay, we are on. That was nine, eight, seven. The sixth game on the list, our sixth most loved game is Overcooked. Oh, this is seven. This is seven. Seven 10, yes, nine, so. eight, seven. Like I exactly like I said. That's seven. what you said. So, I, just, yeah.
1: I got confused in my head.
0: Don't need to go back and re-edit that or anything. Oh, that would be fine. Brandon's not putting in numbers to the shared doc. That I we're don't need them because like, you nailed yeah, it. Yeah, because I got in my head. It's fine. Yep.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, Overcooked. Oh, no. Sorry. Look. What happened? Can I not count? We have 11 on here. (laughs) We do.
0: (laughs) What? We have 11. Yeah. That's so funny. All right. Let's roll. It's going to be 11 games. That's so good. We're zero based. Yeah. Exactly. Just Uh, like we planned. mm -hmm. Cool. Screw it up this way. No problem. Uh, Overcooked is the seventh game on our list. And it is awesome. And I have not played it that much. Mm-hmm. But I, there needs to be this type of game on this list. Yeah. Every time I played it, I've had a blast. It is a perfect like party game. It's the type of game where you are yelling at and with people as you're playing it. And uh, yeah, I think you've you actually introduced me to it, so you probably are a little oh, that right? familiar with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean it, it's the space of this game. It's the same. I haven't played this game ton. I've probably played it more than you, but that's not like it's not a lot more. Uh, but the space that it fills socially mm-hmm. and the space that it exists in, like gaming wise, like the gaming exists in your living room, right? It's not I'm sure you can play over a headset and all that. You have a probably a pretty close level of, of freneticism and fun and kind of but it's being in the same room that effect of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just, okay, here's the plan. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then everything just goes to hell. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, like there's probably been some friendships that have been ruined over this game, but I think yeah. mostly it's people like in the friendliest way screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. makes me very happy.
0: Yeah, it's just, I think we had uh, you remember when I lived in my old house, we had a bunch of people over once to play yeah. Overcooked and you were there and it was just that exact experience, right? And it was a bunch yeah. of people who didn't know each other that well. right? It was like all people my wife uh, worked with and then me and you. <laughs> so, but we still yeah. had a lot of fun and it's a, it's a good kind of like icebreaker and it's sort of like what I imagine uh Left for Dead is like, which I really wanna play and wish I had <laughs> at the time, in that it's people in a room yelling at each other, but a little less uh frenetic and maybe like maybe not as consequential to lose because it's a silly cooking game.
1: Yeah, it not as to, not as consequential to lose and not as um like terrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, like you're screaming you're screaming in both cases but sometimes for different reasons. yeah
0: yeah it's kind of like what games should be about um and it is i feel like it's just not that there's not as much of that these days where there's fewer games designed to um kind of grasp that particular feeling the way that it was when many, many action games were designed with, the, like, local multiplayer in right. mind.
1: I mean, it only really was in arcades that you had this, right? I mean, this, that was the only way to experience Overcooked that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Minus a couple of exceptions, like Bomberman or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with the number of players.
1: Yeah. It, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I think we've... uh We've covered that one pretty well, and we're down to 21 seconds, so that's good.
1: Um,
0: the sixth game on our list is Portal. 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 <coughs> portal, 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 portal. 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 Hang on, portal, me hang on, me this off, turn, this off. Me turn this off. Sorry. Uh, the number six game on our list was Portal, but we screwed up the audio. So, at number six is Portal. Sorry. Uh, the <laughs> the next game on our list, at number five out of 11, <laughs> is uh,
1: Rez. Yeah. Dude. This game, I you know, I mentioned, I was like, I had to put this on the list because I love rhythm games, which is true, um, but this is not a rhythm game. It's just... <laughs> It's just an amazing like music synchronizing vibe mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, it's like the reason why I rated it very highly, despite only playing it for like maybe forty five minutes, is uh it's just like it, it's so emblematic of the p s two and the Dreamcast mm-hmm. era. And it was kind of like an era when so much felt possible, like the p s twos like graphics engine was called the emotion engine or its core mm-hmm. it's central processor or something and it it just felt like just the unlimited possibility and I think really, in terms of generations where that was a thing, it was actually more the next generation that games were like that p s three and and that's that's the era when the p s three and xbox three sixty era were was actually the era when Japanese developers kind of had a lot of trouble because mm-hmm. the possibility space was so large so that wasn't really the case with the p s two um they were still able to design these like very tight focused games and yeah. res is like that and it is just like, just the way it looks, just feels so PS2 to me. Totally, and yeah. that's why I wanted to vote for it. Basically,
1: yeah, I feel like you know, as we were just you're like mentioning this, I'm realizing you know, Katamari Damacy, like same same time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, where it, here's this game, and I think this is the the thing that you know jacks this. Way up. I mean, it's a great game, but the thing that really brings it up on this list is the the confidence again to be its own thing. Like, there's nothing else like this, right? Where um, it it has a lot of things from other games, but packaged together. Um, yeah, there's just there's nothing else like Res, you know, with the 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 style of evolving your body and then the timed you know, uh, execution, I guess, of your commands to the beat music and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah.
0: I want to play it with headphones or at least like a really nice surround Uh, sound system. Um, and I don't know how it's possible to do that with my current setup, but I almost want to wait to play it until I can do that and just like be up late at night by myself Put the game on headphones and just enjoyed that way.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, after we talked about this on a pre call, I went and bought the game on PC because I couldn't find it on any console, you know, just immediately. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just play a level. And then I played all of them. And <laughs> I went, I, you know, went to bed super late. And my wife was like, Did you not hear me? Like, I must have been in a trance. She's like, I came and said goodnight to you. And I had no recollection of it. And she's like, And you're playing some." Weird fucking game, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Res!" Like, awesome, um, yeah. Because I mean, I can imagine, you know, with I had headphones, so with no sound, like what you're watching. Someone, I mean, you're literally looking at someone watch flashing lights and like wave a cursor around. Like mm-hmm. it looks kind of insane. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I love about it.
0: Yeah, just great aesthetic, awesome music, and extremely PS2, and it's <laughs> uh. This overall vibe. So, yep, it is cool, and one I want to play more someday. The next game on our list is at number four, Subnautica. It, I mean, what else can we say about this game? Because we have already spent an hour, or it was like an hours, hour and a half episode, yeah.
1: yeah, talking about it. And even then, I think we just like were, we were gonna keep talking. Like we we had to just be like, all right, we got to stop this. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing game.
0: Yeah. It is like, it's not a perfect game. We both agree, but it still feels like it's a 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Um, still feels like a new kind of game to me, even as I've thought about it since finishing it. It's in the way that it handles, uh, Objective setting, which is kind of the big point I was trying to harp on in the episode on it, is that it feels like you know you are always setting your own objectives. You never are told you're told one time for like one specific sequence to go somewhere at X time to do Y thing. Uh, But for 99.9% of the game, you're setting your own objectives just based on a series of just some information that's given to you. It's like, here's some things you can build. And you go out and explore the world, and you start to build things. And then you go, oh, well, to build this, I first need to build that. And I know I can get that material for this over there. And that's how the whole game goes by. And it's... Were you the one to to call it a 3D Metroidvania?
1: I, I, I did not coin that. But I attached very strongly to that when I heard it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean the, the way that that kind of unfolded in front of me after I played it and just uh, yeah. It's amazing. I, I don't I wonder how aware they are of having made that, right? Because I don't I don't hear it talked about that way. Um, in a Metroidvania aspect. But then when you zoom out, it clearly is like different zones. Um, you know, limitations of depth, mm-hmm. uh, resources. Yeah, like
0: the depth thing is really interesting because it is so much more of kind of like a naturalistic uh, limitation put on the player
1: that they have to surmount. Yeah, yeah. It's Com- not. It's not a red video game door. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like. I'm playing hollow
0: Knight right now. And I mean, at the beginning of the game, there's where you're extremely limited in what you can do and where you can go. You just encounter all these situations where it's like, Oh, clearly I need to get some kind of double jump to get across Mm -hmm. this gap. And you know, that's coming. And so every time you see one of those gaps, it's like a big sign being waved at you. That's like, turn back. You don't have the double jump. And this is much more of a natural like, oh yeah, my ship just can't go that deep, so I gotta turn around or it's gonna it's gonna blow up. So it just feels more it's just so much nicer in that way to yeah. not have to rely on the the obvious late super video gamey thing, like I don't have the double jump yet. Can't, right. can't go here.
1: Which yeah, which either requires you as a developer to like have a sign a signal that's like blatantly obvious um or do something to the player outside of their control to limit them, or requires like gaming knowledge you know like of the player, which none of those are are good uh, uh like design constraints hmm so just the way Subnautic handle it was just so natural and intuitive right or it's like oh I understand diving in water and crush you know you know maybe you don't understand crush depths I did but just the fact that it's like hey your ship's getting crushed from the depth like oh okay uh, I must need to upgrade this or something you know mm-hmm. um, yeah just handling it in such a like a, a smooth way in the game it's just seamless
0: yeah yeah and it's, I I just love how it's like even though there are those limitations on it, it it never feels like you're limited in what you can do. Whereas, like the first ten hours of Hollow Knight, which I still mm-hmm. think is a great game, um, you're just constantly like, "Ah, uh, there's nowhere I can go." And you're, yeah, and you're like checking off every spot on the map. Be like, "Have I right. tried here? Mm-hmm. Have I tried here?" Oh. We tried to talk too long about the Nautica Again. again. <laughs> uh, the next game on our list is at number three, Hyperlight Drifter. So I mean, well, what do you like about it? Because you were the one who showed it to me and actually you bought it for me, which is very nice of you.
1: Did I? Man, that yeah. was nice of me. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a great um, game. Jeez. Um what do I like about this game so you know it has it has its its style, which it's doing the pixel art thing, but it's doing it in like a very dark and very um what's the word here like like it has a lot of like uh help me like the like it's 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 the the landscape aspect of it right or the these these like sprawling vistas um it just feels very. God, I suck at words right now. Um, It's so stylized. It's so stylized. Yeah. And the mood that it evokes, I mean, from the very beginning, something's wrong with you, right? You're like coughing up blood. um, And the music is kind of discordant and just feels off. You know, like the world you're in is not, it's not, it's like apocalyptic, but it doesn't just do the brown palette thing that mm-hmm. apocalyptic games want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that this world is kind of derelict, but you don't, you know, it, it's like it's this 80s, you know, pink and turquoise, mm-hmm. like, hyper-saturated color. Um, yeah, so it was it was the kind of the darkness of the game that drew me in, um, and then the fact that it plays basically like uh, A Link to the Past, mm-hmm. you know, with some modern touches. Um, yeah, I think
0: the really modern aspect is there. The game has many situations that require you to use your brain. And <laughs> think, no, well, okay. I didn't mean. <laughs> let me finish this. Sentence. No, no, like, no. It has Link to the Past has like overt puzzles, you know, which often involve like yeah. pushing blocks around, and you're like, "This is the use my brain time." Of. Right, and it has the really neat examples of that too, like the the dungeon where the boss is like pretends to be a girl who's like, "Don't, don't take me out right, into right, the light" right. or something, you know. And you have to sort of deduce the clues. So, Link to the Past does have that, but Hyperlight Drifter, it's all all of the thinking part of the game is integrated. I feel like into the combat where there are no overt puzzles there, but the puzzles come into where you're presented with a room where there's like two guys with a rocket launcher and in the corner. And then there's a guy with a sword in the other corner and then like a plant monster in the middle. And you have to come in and there you're going to get killed the first time. And Mm -hmm. so you have to slowly pick apart that room and figure out like, okay, I have these skills and here's my challenge and how do I allocate my dash skill and how do I allocate the six bullets my gun can shoot before having to reload and my charge up sword and you sort of figure out, it's like, okay, this first, then this first, and this, then this first, and it all evolves out of the basic game design of the rooms being hard, but they're being like almost instant restart upon death, Mm -hmm. you know? So you are What you end up doing is like just picking them apart. It's like and evolving your your strategy for each individual encounter like that in a way that really engages your brain.
1: Yeah, it was. It's very you know. It is this element of roguelikes at a time when roguelikes were a thing, but not like they are. Mm -hmm. um, But pulling that element in to you know quickly you know respawning, drop you back in, try again, puzzle it out. Um to the point where there's you know, I uh, mentioned the Scourge Bringer is a roguelike that's come out, which very clearly and blatantly, uh I guess I'll I'll phrase it, um, was inspired by Hyperlight Drifter. <laughs> yeah, you showed me some of the I
0: looked at some of the screenshots.
1: Like, man. <laughs> it's, it's it's remarkable. Like, yeah, yeah, they just like take you know, I almost was wondering like, did they just are they just hoping for, a, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe mashup of like, hey, uh, you know, Hyperlet Drifter team, like, we exist in the same universe. Like, let's make a, you know, game together. Yeah. But, um, oh, we're over time. There it is. Gosh. Five minutes, baby. Sound <laughs> of nightmares.
0: <laughs> I wish we had a better sound for the buzzer, like the scary thing. Um, or like, a,
1: you know, the rap air horn or something. Yeah, or like, totally. Wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe we can put that in and post. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Number two on the list is Smash Brothers Melee. Mm. So I'm kind of a baby because I'm bad at competitive games and I am bad at fighting games and but this is like
1: and it, are you this bad is- at Smash Brothers? Are you bad at this game? Like, if I played you, would I do- like just destroy you? You would beat me. Oh, okay.
0: You would beat me. Okay. But I, but in, like, a four-player sort of contest, mm-hmm. I can hold my own, you know? And I, some of my best memories playing games are from this. And people say, like, oh, it's not really a fighting game. And maybe you're right. You know, it's probably not. Fighting game in the sense that, like Guilty Gear, or Blaze Blue, or something like
1: ah, that. Is. I'm gonna I'm gonna call gatekeeping on that. That's some get the fuck out of here. It with is that. it it's is a fighting game. Get out.
0: But it's it's much more, and it, it doesn't have it doesn't lend itself to like the the Daigo Perry moment from Street Fighter yeah. Three. Yeah. But it does lend itself to four people being in the same room with each other, just having
1: a Totally. insane time. Yeah. I, I think it, 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 lends itself to that, right. Where it gives you, it's that, it's that in person in the room, frenzy and fun party, you know, whatever. Um, and, and but it also, it spans where it's like, you could, you could one v one someone on that. And I have a lot of good memories of doing that, playing with someone who is way better than me. Mm-hmm. And even despite losing every single match, we played for hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was just, I loved it. Um,
0: I have that exact friend, yeah, yeah, who I played with for hours and
1: hours, yeah. Like, how was that fun for him? I think about that, but you know, he had fun with it, so great. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, like the the you put on here, like the the skill floor is low, you know, for entry, and then the ceiling is high for for proficiency, and um, and then it's just it's like all the Mario characters you know like how ridiculous mm-hmm. are Mario characters all like a lot of the Nintendo IPs um mm-hmm. yeah which some. is which is yeah. a blast if you've ever
0: played any of those games to play we all had the friend who always played as link
1: you know oh man i thought you were going to say pikachu I was
0: like
1: <laughs> <laughs> you always play pikachu no i didn't i've i've uh who did i i played a lot of pikachu and then it was um uh Sheik. Sheik became my like Sheik. i played main Sheik. Sheik. yeah yeah i uh, made roy
0: mm, mm. um who was like an anime sword guy and yep. then uh sometimes i would play mario i played Sheik. um but yeah it's a, the fun of like beating someone with a dumb character you know like totally mr game and watch or something i can't
1: even remember if mr game and watch is in melee i don't remember name, melee but i think he was because this the guy um, uh uh-huh. he would just destroy me with mr game and watch so <laughs> it had to have been melee i think so yeah. annoying and i just remember him like laughing like cackling you know yeah like, mr game watch throws like the bacon out he's just like giggling to himself with glee yeah yeah
0: yeah like mr game and watch like leave oil out for people to slip yep. on and you can be like oops you know that yep. kind of thing like the that kind of like trash talking was was very fun fantastic um we had i had one friend who would always pick donkey kong and just grab people and run off the edge it's like <laughs> that whole thing yep. like nothing feels better than hitting someone with a fully charged smash attack or a baseball bat baseball bat is incredible yep, yep. Yeah. It's just so good. Um Yeah. It's my favorite party game.
1: Like not even not even close. There's never ever a situation where someone says, Do you want to play some Smash Brothers? that I would say no. Yeah. Like in every in every setting. I'm like, Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, it I it we need to get back into that, like just having people over and and doing that. We need to make that a thing we do on occasion because it's and like an essential oop okay. <laughs> Never mind. Um that brings us to our number one game on the list, and there's one higher than this. Uh Katamari damacy
1: <sighs> Yeah. This makes a lot of sense that it's up here this high. You know, yeah. I mean, actually, like, all of these that we've gotten, I think, past uh, anyway, these top ones just make a lot of sense. And Katamari to be this high, it seems obscure, but it actually just makes a ton of sense. Like, what isn't this game perfect at? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we again, same thing. We talked about this for at length uh, on an episode. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, to to have played it so far apart, you know, it wasn't just like I played it in the PS2 era. So is it just a PS2 nostalgia thing? Like, oh, that was so of the time, and and that's a warm, you know, fuzzy place for me. But you played it for the first time a year ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's almost become like an institution in our family. You know, I mm-hmm. have two young kids who, um, almost every day, they watch a video that's on youtube of the, the you know the 8-bit big band yeah um they have a cover of lonely rolling star from oh, katamari, nice. and uh, it has an awesome little animation at the bottom of stuff getting rolled up by the katamari mm-hmm. and uh yeah so like i would say three five days out of the week that my kids watch that video and listen to the music. And then after that we just put on the soundtrack. And listen to Lonely Rolling Star and um a couple other songs from the game. I just bought a Katamari t shirt that arrived today. It's just Dude, like nice. It's just a what a game that I want to be a part of my life for like the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it the fact that, you know, sometimes like not as often, but like my son will just randomly, you know, oh, what game should we play? And he's like, let's play Katamari. I'm like, what? Yes. Yeah,
0: that happened let's to me that. too
1: the other day. He's like, yeah. let's play Katamari. And he had, you know, just
0: like out of the blue. So, yeah, it's a, it's a game for all
1: ages. And it it preserved itself so well. I mean, I'll, you know, I'm repeating myself from what we said in the episode, but just like the the, the stylization of it, it's frozen in time mm-hmm. and it looks Great, you it know, like it's so just, good now. Yeah, um, and it's and it, like you, you have this. It's one of the weirdest games ever made. It's so mm-hmm. weird, but not in a way that's uncomfortable. It's in mm-hmm. a weird way that uh, I had a friend tell a story that um, she was booting the game, and then her partner was like in the room talking, and then the intro starts. You know, the mm-hmm. whole song and dance, mm-hmm. and she just like froze. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and. You know, my friend just kind of like nodded, and laughed, like "Oh, just wait, right? Like here, uh-huh. just watch this." And you know, to to it'll grab anyone's attention. And and like I said, not in an un- uncomfortable way, but just like "Oh, this is bizarre." Like, what yeah, are you doing? It's very um,
0: attention grabbing. Like even an an old person being in the room who actively hates video games would <laughs> want to be compelled to watch. I feel like and just yeah. see what's going on in it and. Uh, yeah the writing is amazing it it has the i've i've never tried it in japanese but the like the english script the (laughs) it's it feels like the king when he's talking is like it's like he knows all the words of english and like what order to put them in and stuff but there's just something off about the way that he speaks in a way that must have been so hard to capture and in translation right uh, cuz yeah cuz it's, cause it's so not a good.
1: mistranslation it's it's like a proficient use of the language mm-hmm. in a way that makes him sound <laughs> like a I douche. Just, like yeah <laughs>
0: i just always want to yeah he is and uh it's kind of funny that he's like a very mean dad to his son <laughs> yeah you know that's like one of the uh core tenets of the story and I just like always want to play it pretty much. Yeah. And my son can play it even though he only just turned five and he can like, he never beats a level, but he has fun rolling around and like getting excited, looked at what I can pick up. And so, and it's, it's great that Keita Takahashi is like, that's, he's like, that's the kind of games that I have tried to make and it totally, totally worked. So anyway, enough and being about that rudely interrupted uh we are at the number zero game on our list which is super mario world surprising no one yeah this was I mean... also the the top game on eggplants list hmm.
1: and uh yeah i mean it's like awesome. is would this would uh, you know i would i would love to see with like a massive sample size it's just i guess that's what the internet is but like the mm-hmm. intersection point of this is this is where gaming intersects is right. You know, right here. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it looks like video games, you know, it's like, it's yeah. a picture of it should be next to video games in the dictionary. Right. It has the best graphic. I mean, I, I like Mario three's look more, but it, it has like mm-hmm. amazing graphics um, just overflowing with uniqueness and personality and individuality and it's a, an amazing example of like 1990s japanese video game aesthetic totally
1: and yeah to the point of like you know there's a, i think it's pretty common like mario 3 or super mario world right and people are pretty set in which one it is Mm-hmm. Um, but for this list, for the purposes of what we were doing, the reason this was so clear for me, a lot of it boiled down to the save state and the fact yes. that i could I could walk away from this game and I know yes. I understand the joy of Mario three was like finding the warps and the secrets and all that so you could get to the you know beat the game in the end um but this this let me experience Mario and and, and walk away and come back and have an achievement like persist for what I had and yes. kind of chip away at it. And that's that's why it wins for me.
0: Yeah. So it's so forward thinking. And uh, I mean I'm sure developers wanted to do this. Yeah. Um as soon as they could with the with saving, but it it does it's a game that I mean, shooters are still made now have permadeath right Mm -hmm. and once you die once you run out of continues, you are done right and so it it's to me it was forward thinking in 1992 or whenever this came out when there was still big commercial pressure to make games that couldn't be beat in a single rental you know to to do that and so yeah you can you can put in a a Nintendo Super Nintendo cartridge in your old Super Nintendo and play it now and have fun in the same way that you could then, because it has a pretty modern save system in it, is very yeah. important.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and like you said too, just the 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 look of it right is so preserved. Um, yeah. Where you plug it in today and it just again it looks great. Um, stylized in it, it, its a little time capsule, mm-hmm. but then still, I mean, it's like a it's like a Saturday morning cartoon, right? Like it, it, just, it still works. Uh, what thirty years later? I think it was 1990, I think. Um, that's so crazy
0: that it's, it's been that long. And okay, I did not play it. Uh, I mean, I was a Genesis kid. Oh, that's right, and I didn't um like i bought it in i want to say it was in high school i bought a super nintendo and played it uh you know i bought like that at donkey kong country and a couple other games and yeah and i played it then thought it was amazing and i just replayed it uh like a year ago and and thought it was amazing so yeah it's it's just so good like it it does like it is overflowing with secrets in the way that Mario Three is. I think some of them are a little less um obscure in in Mario World than they are in Mario Three. So it's a little bit more accessible. Yeah. I think. But dude, just the the, the overworld map, like where you start, is just mm-hmm. I just could look at it for hours. I just love the graphics so much. I love the way it looks so much. It's the same with Mario 3, but um, I probably like Mario 3 more. Mm-hmm. I,
1: yeah, but, I think that's that's super common. Yeah. Um,
0: despite it being a harder and, and less accessible game, I like the look a little more, maybe the music a little more, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just so Nintendo of the time. It was before Nintendo was like afraid of their customers, mm-hmm. you know, was afraid of making them mad. And, uh, I mean, Nintendo makes cool stuff now, but it, I don't know, maybe, I mean, Mario Super Mario world is like Mario three basically, but it's more and, and better I think is what they were trying to do yeah. with it. Um, but it, it it still reminds me of like Nintendo design at the time. It's like the best example of Nintendo late eighties, early nineties, Nintendo design at the time. So polished, aesthetically beautiful, amazing music. Um, So many wonderful colors and like humor. Yoshi. Yeah. Yoshi. Yoshi. Come on. Love, love Yoshi. Yeah. I was reading about how Miyamoto like, Wanted to, he's like, I want, I, I think Mario should ride a horse, or it, I think Mario should ride a dinosaur in the next Mario game, and he had like drawn a little picture of Mario yeah. riding a dinosaur that he posted on his desk, and that was just the idea, and it turned into Yoshi, which is obviously this, like dinosaur game institution character type thing. now. So, yeah, it just, I don't think Nintendo. I guess what I was trying to say before is like I don't think a N- Nintendo would make a game that's overflowing with personality in the way that Mario World is. They would not make that now. There's just so much like funniness and weirdness to it um, hmm. that i I miss about games, and Mario World is uh one of the best examples of that
1: yeah i that's interesting, I wonder you know if they had just had more room to fail like it was cheaper to fail back then so you could be wilder um, it's wild
0: yeah it's like yeah i feel like they're posting now on all the funny little cute characters they made up but well, these- it feels
1: like their their adventure or their risk comes more out of their hardware than out of their you know That's which a good point. which the yeah. software then kind of follows but it's more about hardware driven you know, risk and wildness. think uh, mm-hmm. get like the ring exercise thing, and the Wii? Oh, yeah, ring and, Yeah, and yeah the They're Wii. all about. I mean, the Wii. this the Wii in general. Like all bizarro, right? Or even the mm-hmm. Wii U. You know, they're they're trying to get to the Switch, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I, I
0: guess that's where the risk. Yeah, you're totally right. They're the last thing from being a company that doesn't take risks but it feels like mario now is is like a thing it's like this is mario you know and it's and it feels like everything that is mario is more or less a callback to what people remember about mario remember liking about mario versus like you know what is cool though is the new donk city in mario odyssey i can't deny that that is weird and and cool and interesting so maybe i'm I yeah, know. I I like the like weird people who you didn't like it.
1: I didn't like the New Dark City. I was like, this is too much for me.
0: I saw um, I just saw my wife play it, and I'm like, that's funny. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I I haven't played Odyssey all the way through though. So
1: now the one the Mario you need to play is Super Mario 3D World. That's the one.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: You feel like it's a good successor to... But it's 3D, but... But That's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's 3D, but that's okay. And it, like... This is the one. So Mario 3 hands the baton to Super Mario World. And Super Mario World hands it to Super Mario 3... uh, Super shit.
0: Mario 3D World. Mario 3D World. Yeah. So my thing is, like... I kind of, like, hate Mario's... I hate Mario now. And I know it's like.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I know that's, that's why I'm saying like, that's why I'm not recommending galaxy or odyssey uh-huh. or any of those. I'm telling like, it's like this, this Mario exists in a, in a parallel universe. Okay. And it's the one that the, the other Mario's belong to. Okay. Um, because super Mario world does not belong in the, in the Mario odyssey world. Like they're no. not, they are not family. No. um, They're, you know,
0: so, yeah. Okay, I better try. I'm, I'm looking for a new game to play with my kids. So I'm thinking, it sounds like either that or Wadham. Do you know about Wadham? Oh, yeah. I really want to check out Wadham.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, whenever you're ready, 3D Mario World. Mario 3D World is going to rock your socks off. Okay, so, I
0: will give it a shot. I mean, yeah. like, because... When I like when I played Odyssey, the first thing I noticed was like like the stupid first cutscene with the boat and yeah, like, who gives a who wants to watch this? Who yeah. cares about this Bowser like kidnapping the princess on his big pirate boat? It's just I hate it so much.
1: Yeah, it's not required for Mario. All that's required is the scene opens and princess is missing okay here i go um
0: yeah and that could be like a funny i mean it would be cool and interesting i think if they would sort of acknowledge that that's the it's like mario doesn't mario the trope yeah Uh, yeah it's like it doesn't have to have a a story it feels like oh it's a modern game so it has to have a story so we're gonna put in the um and and It's like, we're going to put in this cutscene of the princess getting kidnapped. And in Mario World, so much stuff, weird stuff happens that is never explained at all. Like, many of the different enemies, it's like their origin is never explained. You know, you don't need to do that stuff. You just have the... I don't I can talk about this forever.
1: Galaxy fell afraid of that as well. And I felt the same way about Galaxy. And then even Mario Sunshine, to a lesser extent, you know, it almost fell into that. But Galaxy and Odyssey were definitely guilty of, like, here's this whole lead-up and story explaining things and then the resolution. And then ultimately, that ends up feeling weird because I think one of the the things about Mario games is that you go back into the world and you keep playing them. Mm -hmm. And so to Beat it and then go back. It just—I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. I know. I know people love those games, but they're fine.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: I'm glad like, they exist. I'm glad that Mario still exists.
0: It's like, like when I play Odyssey, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I can't believe how many people worked on this and how long it took to make. Yeah, you know, it's like it wasn't worth it versus like, and there's other, um, there's other iterations of that sort of thing. Like I saw someone on Twitter was like, you know, it was like a video of a rock rolling down a hill in the last of us two. And it looked very realistic. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yo, I would rather play. This is very cool. I would rather play smaller games where people are paid. More to work less yeah. than play this game with that type of thing. And it's like the excess of the cutscene in Mario uh, Odyssey or whatever is the same kind of thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's
1: not needed. Yeah, it's just it's extra that doesn't add. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it goes back to what is great about Super Mario World. There's a whole bunch of weird. Enemy designs and funny things in it that have, mm-hmm. there's no context for it, never explained. Who cares? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. You got to play the new one. That's 3D, all. 3D World. 3 Yeah, okay. you got to play it. Because, yeah, it's just, you'll see. Like, so much of it just clicks and makes sense where it's like, there you go. Because it's not, you know what? It's not, it's not these other, like, what was the other Mario that came out recently? Like, Super Mario Bros. U, right? Like, the, Hmm. it was, like, uh, side-scrolling. It was 3D, but it was side-scrolling, like, basically, you know, Mario 3 or uh, Super Mario World, but Mm -hmm. it's not that either, right? It's, like, something, it's something different. Um, Okay. just more, it's not just, like, oh, great, more side-scrolling levels, like,
0: yeah. Because those games have no personality. Those... This side scrolling Mario's now right
1: that's what that's and that's why I avoided this game for so long because like like you know fool me once shame on you shame on me blah blah, blah. and then George W Bush yeah <laughs> fool, fool me not gonna fool me again
0: there's an old saying in Tennessee I know it's in Texas probably in Tennessee that says fool me once shame on shame on you Fool me we can't get fooled
1: again. Um love it. But this that was it. This was the this was this is the one. Okay. So. Okay. I'll you just keep saying it me. over and over. I mean yeah. even if I haven't, I'm just gonna keep saying it at you. So yeah. I will
0: I'm gonna check it out. Um, That's good. so as in terms of what we got coming up next, uh there will be a an episode on Hollow Knight coming very soon yeah um, and then we're gonna start doing some shorter episodes just to release episodes more often that will probably be more casual and less structured, but might be on shorter topics like games with good dialogue, you know, and we might mm-hmm. talk for a little bit about that and we might talk about what we're playing otherwise, and then Brandon is still uh working on Final Fantasy VIII, so that's and I'm watching a playthrough of it. <laughs> because nice. I can't get enough of the game. Uh so we there'll be an episode on that coming up. So lots more good stuff coming your way. Um we'd appreciate it if you enjoyed the episode to that if you would give us a just a leave us a review on whatever uh podcast listening service you use cuz that would help us out a lot. And um other than that you can email the podcast at bestgamespod at gmail.com and we sometimes check that email address <laughs> and if if you uh, are, if you want to we might read your email on the show and we could um, roast you. Roast. Just say how
1: much you fucking suck. <laughs> you shithead. Yeah, so make it worth your while wow, because we're going to destroy you. Yeah. Um, so
0: that's it for us this time. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Y'all. Dude, my uh GarageBand recording fucked up like 30 minutes Aww. in. So, all right, we're going to be using the Zoom. That's fine. Recording, which is funny.